Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, welcome back to the show. Thank you all again for your time. I appreciate the effort you put into listening to this show. It makes me really happy, and I know that you have many other things you could be doing, so I really, really appreciate you spending the time to to hear what I have to say. Today, our guest for the third time, actually, is TFN Magre. He is the COO of Product, which is a global sourcing company and a product creation accelerator, which is quite a mouthful. We get a chat about how things have changed in the wake of the COVID pandemic, um, crippling regulations in the business industry in China, and how they have pivoted their company to keep up with their clients' demands by looking for outsourcing elsewhere. We get to talk about how the stories that most of us hear in the media about China are only the tip of the iceberg, and there is actually so much more to this culture than we realize. Best of all, he shares with me his perspectives on life and humanity after visiting dozens of countries around the world and an immigrant himself. And wouldn't you know it, he has an incredible love of America, and we get to find out why. So sit back and enjoy, and thank you again for joining us. All right. TFN, thank you for coming on, man. Good to talk hey. with you again. Thanks for having me. And I know a while back we had, this is the third time on my show. I think one of my worst ever interviews, not because of you, because of me, was you and me. Way back in the beginning in my basement. Well, you know, I, I think the reason is we had like such a good conversation before the interview that like we'd already left. gotten all like the juice is out. You know what I mean? And like should have been recording everything, which is what should have recorded doing. everything. I'm recording I've been recording everything since you got on, so I'll have oh, lots good. to choose from. But um is that it? Yeah. But I remember, yeah, I remember I just froze. I remember I think I told you, like, yeah, I got nothing three times in that one. Cause um Grant was here too. Maybe that, that was, was a good time. Stage fright with Grant watching there. But and then I had you on again, and I think I titled that one China through through your eyes, just trying to get your perspective on China. And I wanted to have you on again because of all the kerfuffle and the hubbub of in the news about China. I've never heard anything good about China except from you. Oh. In my entire life, it's always been negative for the most part. So either there's truth to that or all the media is just full of crap and trying to scare and fear monger, which makes them money. So where am I going wrong? What, tell me what's your, your thoughts on just the general perspective, you know, should people be afraid of China or embrace them? Well, well, I, I think, I think, I think China is grossly misunderstood and misrepresented. And I, I, it's also really important to recognize that there's China as a place, there's Chinese as people, and then there's the Chinese government or the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. I think when, when in the news we hear all these negative things about China, they're really only about the Chinese Communist Party and their policies. They're not attacking the culture of the people, the language, 
the actual location of the country or the topography or geography of China. It's really directed towards the Chinese Communist Party. And um, there's still a great fear uh, in America when you hear the word communism. I mean, communism really is a swear word, even though it's not, right? It's an ideal, it's an ideology, it's a thought. Um, and I think as Americans, we're afraid of communism. And rightly so. I think communism is evil. Yeah. I think it's, a, it's not a good ideology. It's not a good ideology. <laughs> yeah. And so when the news is talking about things, they're talking about the things that affect us. The weather in China doesn't affect us. You know, the delicious soups and noodles and dishes in China, that doesn't affect us. But the changes in ideology or the actions of the communist ideologies that are going to be very real and affect us as Americans, as people on the other side of the largest ocean in the world, yeah, that, that, that does matter. And so we're only hearing the bad things. What, what a lot of people don't mention or confuse is they're like, well, you know, if, if communism's so bad, why is China prospering? And they don't realize, well, China didn't prosper until it removed some of the communist boundaries that prevented free trade into their economy. So only once free trade was adopted, did it prosper. And every time it reels back in on the free trade and says, wait, we need to control that stuff, their economy suffers. A good example that happened recently, two times, was the ant group with Jack Ma. It said, wait a second, we want to control this. And it prevented an IPO of the largest insurance and brokerage firm coming out of China. And it prevented that. It was all over the news in America, right? All Chinese tech stocks plummeted as a feature, as a consequence. And that group never went public. Now, it's still up and running. And the CCP is certainly, you know, digging their heels and their talons into it, making sure they control as much of it as possible. But yeah, that, that's what we're talking about. So as far as China, look, doing business with Chinese people, if you understand the way business is done, great place to do business. They love to do business. The Chinese people love to do business. They're always looking to strike a deal. They want to make a deal, right? They have all the capabilities they used to have and more, even post-COVID. Anything that could be made before can still be made and is still very competitive, right? But some of the discomfort created through policies of the CCP has just made business there in some situations unbearable. And so, you know, we're getting all the bad press about not only the bad business things, but just the negative things. The governments are just sort of government is kind of <laughs> in general, right? Yeah, they totally. Don't know how to make their own money, so they steal it from from us. What, 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 I mean, what, in their through through all their taxation and everything and regulation and, 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 and taxation. And, it is you know both countries tax. I'd argue yeah. that. Oh yeah. The though they tax differently, the total levy probably ends up being about the same on Americans and Chinese people. You know, it, it's probably somewhere in between them. Um, 
the 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 real question is power control freedom like if you live in china there's a limit on how much you can spend on a credit card overseas every year it's just a federal limit you cannot spend more than x amount of yuan outside of the country because they fear embezzlement and they don't want money leaving the people's republic of china is that i've been hearing in in the real estate world that that a lot of the Chinese companies are trying to buy up again, this may be a media blown out of proportion thing, buying up land and that people are afraid that too many Chinese people are going to be buying up too much land in America and you know, getting their hooks into America. Is that a bunch of garbage too? Or have you been hearing? No, I don't think that's necessarily, well, okay. It's two part. I, I think again, you know, like, if your neighbor's Chinese, I don't think anyone cares about that, right? Yeah. America is a beautiful melting pot of different people right. and cultures, and it's going to continue being that way. What they fear is, is there some sort of long play that the Communist Party is trying to, to run here by buying up American land? Um, and the answer is probably. Like that's probably partially true. They're doing it in Africa. They've done it in lots of Southeast Asia. It's part of their Belt and Road Initiative. On the side note, I also know a lot of Chinese businessmen who buy second or third homes and they just invest in the U.S. real estate market as well, just like you or I would buy. And they have kids that live here and they go to college here. And so they spend money and consume in our economy, which is the beauty of capitalism. Mm -hmm. They have the right to participate in American prosperity, but I wouldn't fear selling to a, to a Chinese buyer or something like that. I, I think that's just like a one-off here. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it is, but you're that. right. You know, when there's large purchases of land, thousands of acres and things like that, that we should be wondering, well, who's actually buying this? Is this just some shadow entity overseas or, or what's going on? Yeah. Because like you say, the uh, Communist Party doesn't, probably doesn't have altruistic motives is my guess. I mean, I, I think I read somewhere. Well, I, I, if I remember correctly, they're the single largest landowner on the African continent. Yeah, yeah they the own most... more land in all of Africa than anyone else. What's happening with COVID over there? So, I mean, you know, again, I'm just taking all these news highlights that I've heard yeah. and seen. And you're my clarification guy because I don't media. I don't trust pretty much any media anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Well, so so we got to we got to rewind. So when COVID started here, we knew about what was happening in China about two months before the lockdown started here. There were thousands of people dying in hospitals in China. They ended up reporting that it was like 14,000, though the entire world knows that that's just not true. I mean, there were millions of people that died. It was terrible there, right? And then China went through much stricter lockdowns than what we knew in the USA for, or at least you and I, we live in Utah, right? So I think we probably had. It's like it didn't even happen almost really here. We had it much more mild than most people. There was there was a strict phase in that March to June period. And then yeah. it started to relax pretty quickly here compared to a lot of people. 
in, in China, it never really relaxed until 2022. That's a really long time mm -hmm. for a billion people yeah. to be locked down. For the business world, that meant a few problems. It meant factories weren't shipping or the entire factories were being shut down because there was a single person that was in contact with a single person that had COVID. And so it created a lot of problems. Today, there's no restrictions on COVID. They still do some tests and things like that. But for the most part, they're living like you and I, not wearing masks, going, doing whatever they want. And for a long time, I mean, they had really violent outbreaks. Again, just like when, you know, we opened the gates, we had that Delta variant that just plowed and everyone got it. That's when we ended up getting and the hospitals were busy again and things like that. They just went through that phase in the last month and a half or so. And I mean, for, for us on the supply chain side, it, it was really, really concerning because you never knew at what time you're going to get a call to say, sorry, we can't ship your product for a month later than expected because we're not allowed to go to work. About about two months ago, I had a factory call me. This is just when they lifted their, the, um, well, call me, they texted me, um, the restrictions in China. And they said, hey, we're sick and um, we have a fever. We can't make your product. And I said, you know, get well soon, but COVID's not an excuse in 2023. Sorry, fix your life. And though we're empathetic, you know, and we like understand and obviously we don't want to be sick and we don't want anyone to be sick. Like being sick's terrible and no fun. If you had COVID, I've had it. It's not fun. Obviously you don't want that, but because they were in isolation so long, like it just, it, it hurt the business for us at product. It required us to make some moves, you know, and, and since 2022, let's see, 2023, I've already been to Vietnam twice this year to work on different projects with customers. We're doing millions of dollars there right now of successful long-term business relationships that traditionally would have been in China, but now we're being done in Vietnam because China made it unbearable for businesses to do business. The unpredictability of my factory's gonna be shut down because of COVID, or they're gonna shut us down for power shortages, or they're gonna do a random the equivalent of Chinese EPA, right? The uh, inspections, whatever. They go shut that down. Or there's a, uh, a communist party meeting in our city, therefore we can't do this. Or the, the government said we can't import that material from Canada anymore. Or whatever it may be, like, how do we, how do we have this relationship? The regulation like, of the day. What are we doing? Yeah. And, and this has always been the case in China. This is especially true for large projects. It was really common to go get approval from the provincial governor or the mayor of the city. You know, everyone had to get their pockets lined and taken care of. And even if the Americans weren't doing it, it was a way for the Chinese to say, see, I've got them on my side, right? Um, but this became a more centralized, like national, this is what's happening. And there's a lot of reasons for it, which are super interesting we could talk about. But yeah, it, it pushed us at product, though we were already exploring other economies to work with. 
It pushed us to say, look, we will continue to work in China, but China will always be the second option, not the first. Oh, my good. And how long was it the first? How long have you been doing that? How many years? Well, we started looking at Vietnam, Mexico, and Turkey about four years ago, four or five years ago, heavily. Even I'd add India to that because we we actually started working in India before we went to those other places. Um, During COVID is, you know, I remember it was 2020 on my birthday, I was visiting factories and trade shows in Guadalajara, Mexico. I spent because it, that's how important and it was still max masked up and mm-hmm. super strict, but it was so important that I was flying around the world trying to find who can help us make products. We can have a long-term sustainable relationship. A lot of empty flights. Yeah. Some of them, some yeah. of them were pretty empty. Some of them were pretty busy. That's when they started to like reopen the borders and it yeah. was, they started to do trade shows again. So you know, people were like anxious to get out, but they were also not so much, you know, not everything was available and there were not many flights. And so, you know, like tickets to Guadalajara, I think were like 1300 bucks when they're normally 400. Just, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, t- tell me about the, like the language barrier. Cause you speak French and Chinese uh-huh. Mandarin. Is it Mandarin? Right. So what about you go to Vietnam or India or Turkey? How, Communication wise, that I don't travel a lot. I like to travel, but I've I've only, I've only traveled to Mexico. It's the only foreign speaking place I've traveled. How does that work? Well, in terms of communication, proper communication. Even in China, we would do our business communication in English. That that was intentional because we wanted any errors of miscommunication to be on their end and not on ours, okay. right? And, and my Chinese is pretty good, but you know, I think they'll probably make, I'll make more mistakes in, in Chinese than they will in English, right? So n- number one, we always did our, our, uh, our deals, our actual negotiations, product specs. We always did that in English intentionally. Even when we've hired Chinese people, in China to work for us, we require all their emails to be in English. Now they can chat on the phone in Chinese and do whatever they need, yeah. but all, all company communication, formal communication must be in English. Okay. So we carry that principle over to whether we're working to someone in France, in Brazil, Turkey, Mexico, Vietnam, Pakistan, and all these different places we work now, that still remains true, right? When I call my manufacturers in France, well, yeah, I speak to them in French, right? Yes. When I write them an email, it's in English and that's not even negotiable, right? It has to be. So um, w- what it changes is the ability to have, um, to build relationships. You know, when, you, when you're able to speak the same language, you form a bond that's different when you're sharing a meal and you're both speaking the same language or when you're, um, riding in the car and you're talking about your kids and showing pictures and it's in the same language you're you're building a relationship that kind of transcends the actual transaction and so that's really the advantage of being able to speak that language though we have caught manufacturers in china that didn't know we spoke chinese talk about the floor or or how they can save money on our orders 
or how to be careful about certain things. And they're talking about their negotiation tactics while we're in the car, thinking we have no idea what's going on, only to find out, wait a second, this white guy knows exactly what's going on, right? So yeah, that, how did that's you, always how did you How did you spring that on him just right there at the moment? No, no, no. You, you, you listen and you Just wait let... till the last minute. Oh yeah. I'm not going to ruin the surprise. Heck, if I could go back, I'd probably let it go on for years. <laughs> Just, just let them give it, get what he said, give them enough rope to hang themselves. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Never say anything, but you know, we, we on, on for them, their benefit is we never look to take advantage of people. We're always looking to do a good, honest deal. If it works for you, if it works for us, if it works for our clients, everyone will make money. Everyone will will succeed or fail together. So, yeah, karma is universal, right? It's the universal language. It, it's kind of universal, and and so yeah. we always try to find people that are of that same mindset, whether yeah. it's a customer or a or a uh, or a supplier. You know, we're not looking to do one deal. I don't beat up people over five cents or a nickel or a dollar. It's just not who we are as a company. We'd rather say, look, if that's what it takes for you to do good work, go do that. We're going to go take your product that you're going to make perfect for that price. And we're going to go make money on our end. And, and so that's what's usually worked out best for us. So now that's the two of you, can you still, are you still able to do as much? Yeah. So, so that's, um, yeah. So we had a, a change up in ownership. Um, we were able to buy out a partner who's moving on to bigger, better things that we support a hundred percent. And uh, we're so lucky, blessed, and fortunate to, to continue to be friends and to speak, you know, a lot of these business relationships sour. And, uh, I worked with Jace for heck over 10 years and I've worked with Richie for about seven and a half years, you know, and we're all still just like day one, right? So, so that we'd love. As far as um, throughput, yeah, I, I think we're, we're still as productive. On, on my end, you know, it's not much has changed because I'm still operational working the back end. Um, on Richie's end, you know, he's now taking on a lot of the burden of, of business dev and, and making sure that we create that regularly. Um, it's not perfect. We're hiring someone to be able to help with some of the load that needs to be passed off, but these are happy growing pains that we're excited to tackle. We look forward to more problems like this, not backwards. What the heck happened? We hate our lives. We should have never done that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, you, I, I see your sign in the background there for your show. Do you still do your, the product show? You know, I'm podcast? about a year past it. Maybe not a year, maybe less than a year. I haven't done one in a while. I, I, um, I haven't felt the urge to do one in a little bit. And so maybe that will change. But right now I, I went, what, 65 weeks in a row, 70 weeks in a row, which, you know, I feel is pretty good, a, a, a long year. And we had some unbelievable guests and podcasters and entrepreneurs and business people come on the show. And today we've, I've put it on pause for now. Who knows? Maybe I'll resurrect it later. It takes a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot, a of, lot work. of work. Especially and if you have guests. 
yeah. you got a schedule and the timing and I mean, I'm five years into mine and I, this is my 131st. So I, you know, it's, I do it when I can, it's, you know, so, but well, it calls I, you, it calls you. And I think I was trying to keep a set schedule of weekly at a certain day and a certain time. And at one point in time, I got like 20 episodes ahead and I was like, oh yeah, cruise control. And I forgot to wake it back up and then I turned it back on and I went again and I just realized unless I'm going to make it like a priority for me, I probably should put it on pause because if I can't make it a priority, I, I'm just never going to be able to provide the content. Yeah. The quality I, I want people to, to have. And so, yeah, we'll see. Maybe it'll come back later, but that's a cool sign. It actually lights it? up. It's neon. Oh, nice. Like it. I need yeah, a sign. Yeah. I don't have a sign. Let me know. Hit me but, up. I'll help you. I'll make you one. That's right. You know, you know some people. I know a guy. You know a guy. <laughs> Tell me about all your your. We talked about China. Yeah, I think we got the, the gist of you know your perspective on China, which is is fascinating because again, we're not going to hear that from the media, and everyone's going to be running running for the hills. But all the travels in you know, all the countries you've gone, what do you? What's the the biggest takeaway from? from all that things you've learned or the average show that maybe isn't going anywhere, isn't learning. Not the average You can Joe, be happy rude. anywhere at any financial level at, with any job, with any career, regardless who you are, where you are, your health problems would be the same regardless your financial situation access to healthcare may be different, but the health concerns that billionaires in New York have are the same as tube tube drivers in Malaysia and, you know, Bedouins in, in Egypt, they're the same, right? The objectives of family and just peace and happiness are generally pretty much the same for almost all people, right? And by and large, without a doubt, America is the greatest place to try and pursue happiness and prosperity. There's very few places around the world that come remotely close to being able to have as prosperous of a life as you have in the USA. And this is coming from someone that's an immigrant to America, that's lived multiple places, that's traveled to almost every continent. I can tell you this, it's not that America is better. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if your goal is to make a living and to, to prosper and to have an opportunity at wealth, there's no greater place to do it by, by a mile. Like it's not even close. Just because the opportunities we have that are still here for now. Yeah. And you hope they stay. And obviously we hope they stay and what the future holds. No one knows, but even, even then, I mean, who's the close second China. I don't know. We've already established yeah. that their freedom is nothing like the freedom here. I mean, even if America swings in an extreme one way or another, 
things can change pretty quickly, but it is by a mile the greatest place to go and pursue happiness and peace and and, and maybe a mile's next you know Canada's pretty exceptional at that as well. It's very similar to the US. I think that there's a lot of great places in this world, but that, that's that's what stands out to me. And it's 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 harsh to say that, you know, it's like I, I it almost sounds like pompous and it's not meant to, you know. I have no, family you've done around it. the world. Yeah, it, you've done it in a way because I know it, when people say this is the greatest, and it's usually people who have never traveled, but that's just what they've been fed, but you have seen it. So when you said that, it didn't it didn't feel pompous. It was just like, well, and and I, and I don't want people that are from out of the country to hear that and be like, "What do you mean by that?" And I mean like, look look at look for example, look at the median income in a place like France, that in nineteen seventies nineteen sixties, was by far one of the wealthiest countries in the world. By far, it was even close. Let's look it up right now. Median income France. The median net income in France is 2,300 euros a month. Which is what in terms of dollars? About $2,800. How, how do you think that is? You think that's high or low? No, that's low. It's really low, right? That's, that's, that's barely, that's surviving, barely surviving. And, and that's what's happening. And we're seeing today. In France, if you turn, if you look up news in France right now, I'm aware of it. They're on fire right now, aren't yeah. they? Literally, yeah. people can't pay their bills. They can't keep up. The, I, I was in Tahiti. I was in Bora Bora, resting from the sun after having been sizzled very well by that South Pacific heat that we love so much, and um, I'm I'm watching. Um, a roundtable discussion of a political conversation in France. French news, Tahiti's a French colony, they have French TV, okay? And the conversation turns to the war in Ukraine. This is back in October. So the war was still very, very you know, new. It had only been happening for about six months or so. Still a big deal, by the way. And um, one of the guys goes, but you know, like we did a military study France would have fallen in two weeks or less. And they all said, what? And they go, had, um, had France been Ukraine and Russia invaded without the help of the U.S. and all of NATO, we would have fallen in less than two weeks. And he said, let's be honest. All of Europe depends on America for defense. And then, and then both sides of the aisle basically said, yeah, yeah. And so when you think about that, their incomes below ours, they barely make ends meet. They, again, people I love, love my country of France. Love it. Don't, don't this. I'm not criticizing. I'm not saying bad things here. I'm just saying things as they are. Career outlooks, not so good retirements being pushed back like five years, which, you know, they're going to move it a couple of years in the U S but they're not moving it four or five years at a time. Like that's a huge delay for someone who's saying I'm getting to 62. Wait, I'm going to retire at 68. Now that's a big difference. Right. Yeah. 
your income's lower than the than um than the u.s and you've just been told you actually can't defend yourself as a country what are you what are you that's like insulting them just on a what a micro scale is insulting a man for not being able to take care of his family or someone or a parent to be able to take care of their family. It's like it obviously it's a really harsh thing. And France is waking up to that. And I think that there's going to be a change of the guard in all of Europe. But why do I think the U S is the greatest? I mean, look, if tomorrow you want to be a crazy psychopath, you can, I don't recommend it. And it's terribly unfortunate that those things happen, but you can't do that. If, if you want to have, be a good family person and buy a house and have a white picket fence, you can do that. You, you can make as much money as you want. There is no limit. It, it's literally only what you're capable of. And we were talking about this before the show. Like, of course, we'd always like to have more, but what are you willing to give for that? Because, you know, sometimes it's not the juice isn't worth the squeeze, right? But in America, if you want to squeeze more, go for it. Perfectly possible. And on top of that, the beauty of the U.S. that most people don't understand. You have 50 versions of juice and flavors you can choose from. So if you don't like the juice where you're from, move to another fruit state. You got plenty of options. You know, if you're from New York and you're like, hey, this fruit's sour. Move to New Hampshire. Move to Texas. Move to California. Everyone can have their own flavor. In most places, one color fits all. In China, the time zone is the same in Beijing as it is in Urumuchi. That's about a seven-hour flight away. Imagine that. That is interesting. They just don't honor. They don't do the time zone thing. Well, yeah, but the emperor decided he wanted everyone in the country to wake up when he woke up. So, well, of one course. Time. Why wouldn't you? You were the, yeah. You, you got to be ready for me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, j- just little things like that and... I, I would I would gladly go live in France. I'm not saying France is unsafe and you can't live that. I would gladly go live there. I'm just saying if you're telling me what I've learned universally, by and large, without a shadow of a doubt, you have greater opportunity to succeed, to be happy, and to be financially free in this country than anywhere else in the world. Fact, period, end of statement. Mic drop. That's it. I mean, that, I, I agree with you. And so we don't have any excuse really for not doing better, I guess. And, and unlike everyone has their own hardships and stories, everyone yeah. has their own difficulties. No one's ignoring any of that. But like you want to talk about having had 18 years to go to public school for free. And if you couldn't afford for lunch, if you really couldn't afford for lunch, it was provided to you mm-hmm. at least one meal a day. I'm not saying that's enough. I'm just saying at a minimum, for sure, you've got that. And then on top of that, realistically, like in America, if you can't afford college, if you really have no means of paying between grants, scholarships, and community college, yeah, you can make it happen still. You can make it happen. Like if you really can't afford it, then if you have to get loans, if you can't afford to pay those back, 
Then you forgive can get them, them forgiven somehow. There's or or I'm just saying, like, yeah. what where else in the world does that happen? They're gonna say, well, they don't need degrees. Yeah, but they're not going to the top fifty school, or they're not given these chances. Like, for example, I'll give you an example in France. Your high school degree, which you don't actually get, you just get you know in the paper they announce that you graduated. You're choosing a specialty. That specialty decides what type of um, bachelor's degree you can do, which depends on which universities you're allowed to go to. Even if you graduate top of your class, you have to go to for public works, go into a lottery system to be selected for the opportunity to interview without a guarantee of being able to choose where you're going to reside once you get that. So if you want to be a school teacher, you go through all four years of school, there's no guarantee of a future job, nor is there here. But if you're top of your class, you're the best student at Harvard for school teaching, there's no guarantee of future employment. You go into a lottery. It's not merit-based. Ooh. Yeah, me don't like that system. <clears throat> I don't I, that's a, that's not like a terrible system. Because maybe that, that's that, why the country's being managed the way it is. Well, yeah, it's de de incentivizes you like what's the point? Facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. So so by and large, you know, I I, I think America's the greatest place just to start a business to do all these things for, for the sure just the, the opportunities that exist that, that you can access if you try mm. and like if you live in a place where you're afraid to walk outside you can move to a different place move four blocks that way yeah move. yeah you can you i'm can. just saying like it's yeah. a it's a possibility yeah as we wrap this up is there anything anything else you want to share that you haven't i think you've covered you've nailed it but any other things you want to say that I haven't asked you? No, I a think product be... or China or the world or America being the bestest. Wow, I could go on for years on all that stuff. Oh. I'll say this, you know, I, I, I think that people should find more opportunities to travel outside the world, outside the resort, outside the cruise, like literally to go rent an Airbnb and to realize this is an average home to like be able to get that experience and to know I had um, an acquaintance who I ran into in a five-star hotel in Beijing, one of the nicest properties in Beijing you can, you can stay at. While there, his wife mentions to me, she goes, this is by far the nicest hotel I've ever been to. Rightfully so. Beautiful hotel. When we come home, this individual on social starts saying, China's a horrible place. The people there are, are terribly oppressed and poor. You could see how much they hated their life. And I'm like, I the don't know, The same person man. who said, this is the best hotel I've ever been in? The, this, this person's spouse. Oh, okay. And I said, whoa, what, what are you saying? You know, I, I think we just have to beware of the people saying terrible things. There's great things in China. There's unbelievable things happening. They're communists. That's that's a sad part. So I I tell people, you know, like whether you're red or blue, I don't think is that as important. Just remember, like, let's just fight for for the freedom to choose whatever the outcome it is that important. Yeah. Well, we've taken our kids to we have a timeshare down in Cabo San Lucas. Mm. Two of them actually dumb. 
that's another dis- decision or another story, but there's um, whole companies that buy those off you, by the way, there's whole services. Well, they're, that. they're both paid for. So we use oh, them okay. and we don't have to pay unless we use it. So it, it makes us go, but we go out, we stay at that. We do, you know, we do the resort thing, but then we go out, we go, we go, we find church and we go into the community and just drive through the communities and communities that look like those here. I would be afraid to go in. I'd be afraid I'd get shot, but it's just normal there. So when my kids are whining about their internet, not being fast enough, I'm like, do you remember what you just saw? And they were, seemed to be relatively happy. So that's just to give them a taste of, Hey, not everybody lives like this in your house on the hill. And how kind of small thing. your problems really are. You know what I mean? Like they forget, we forget so easily and it's easy. If you never traveled, it's, it's, People have no perspective. We don't because yeah. our, you know, we have lives of relative ease. And, and, and I'll also say this, beware of the person that tells you, well, in this place, because I, I, from my experience, the people that say that usually have very little understanding of those places and how things actually operate. Yeah. And so on, on like a political discussion level, lean towards logic and value and just because like for example in china a really good breakfast is a rice porridge with a fried stick it's great breakfast costs about like 35 cents do you think we should adopt that as a national breakfast of america probably Mm. not like it just doesn't work right and so just because something works someplace else doesn't mean it'll work here and if the logic is it works for them, so it'll work for us, isn't true. It's just not a valid argument. And so right. whenever yeah. I hear that, I say, well, let's, let's test it. Let's validate that. Is that actually something we want to be doing? Or are we just saying something for the sake of saying something? Probably that. <laughs> Indeed. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. This has been fun catching up and hearing what you've been up to and, and all the and getting a new perspective. I appreciate it because uh, I'm not getting it other places. No, appreciate you. Thanks for having me on the show. Congrats on doing this for like five years now. Holy smokes. That's forever. It's like, it's like I should have like 500 episodes by now, but that's okay. I have 132. You're the 132nd. No. So, there you go. That's unbelievable. I'll send you a plaque or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Can I get that plaque made somewhere? You know some people? Oh, yeah. I'll okay. take care of you. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Paris the Thought Show.